Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. Today's a very unique episode. I have actually split this episode into two because I've been feeling kind of like the episodes have been getting a little bit on the long-winded side, and I wanted you guys to be able to come on into the episodes with, you know, (laughs) an idea that, oh, I'm going to be able to get some stuff done and have like a 30-minute break to listen to the podcast or have some uplifting information from me and, you know, have have a moment, if you will. And sometimes I kind of feel like they get a little bit on the long side. So I figured I wanted to try and give you guys something a little bit more on the the bite-sized portions. (laughs) So anyway, I went ahead and... um, split up this amazing discussion that I had with my best friend Leah so that you guys could enjoy two parts. And if if for any reason you guys think, nah, this ain't the thing for me, please let me know. But I figured I'd give this a whirl and see what you guys think about it. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this incredible discussion that I have had with my best friend Leah. And I hope you guys have a really beautiful week. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. And I hope you all enjoy part one of that codependency episode with Leah Bruchet. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, baby. Um, been recording this whole time, especially with my... I think so, too. <laughs> Duh. Oh my we should just record ourselves randomly. <laughs> we can record all our conversations. I mean, I think we're pretty hilarious. I don't know about anybody else, but I find great humor in our little conversations, so... Life would be better that way. <laughs> It, it would be better that way. Yeah. You know, it would be even better than that is having actual like music to all the bullshit that we get into. Okay, so why don't we why don't we do this thing? Let's do okay. the thing. We're gonna do the thing. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna have a talk. We're gonna chat. So thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I am your ever curious host, Lorelai, and today I have probably my most favoriteest person ever to walk this earth, other than you know my children and. For the most part, this one is my kindred spirit. So, I know she is very uncomfortable right now. (laughs) (laughs) So this is Leah Bruget. She is my best friend and my kindred soul sister in life. And she's going to be here with me to talk about codependency. And I have to say that usually for this nicely um, uh, situated podcast with spirituality, a lot of people don't think, oh, you know, mental health is a like a spiritual thing. But I wholeheartedly disagree. I feel like that is actually a huge part of spirituality and, you know, 
being in your body and, you know, finding body wellness and mental health wellness in addition to spiritual wellness. And so we are going to actually talk about codependency and what it is. And because I feel like in this past, God, over 2020 and think, think every good thing in this life that it's now 2021, but that we have been in this state of codependency for a very long time. And I think that that's a nurtured thing. And we're going to talk about that today because I think that we need to finally move past it. And you and I have had really great conversations about codependency and what that looks like and how people engage in codependent relationships. And do you want to talk a little bit about, yeah, I know, talk a little bit about yourself and the things. <laughs> sure. Well, um, I, don't, I don't really know how to introduce myself because I, I don't know how I'm an expert on this subject matter apart from having lived through it in a couple different scenarios in my life. So I guess that doesn't make me an ep- expert per se, but you know, I, I think there's something to be said about being able to empathize with people going through this. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think when people initially think of codependency and we've talked about this before, the first thought that typically comes into my mind, and I think everyone else's, is some sort of other alcohol dependency involved in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And codependency can take on many different forms that are not related to drug or alcohol or substance dependency. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can take the form of just caring for somebody with a mental illness, whether it's a parent or a loved one or a child. Um, it can it can take on physical illness, caring for somebody with a physical illness. And really, I think it's just recognizing when you start giving up parts of yourself to put the effort into other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you have a definition. I do. Cause you know, I, I actually did look it up because I wanted to kind of get a, well, like obviously what your take is, which is exactly what it says pretty much on here is that codependent. Oh, I'm getting this from M M H A N or M H A national.org, which is mental health, oh, uh, mental health America. Um, so, and what they say codependency is codependency is a learned behavior that can be passed down from one generation to another. It is an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship. It is also known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided emotionally destructive and or abusive the disorder was first identified about 10 years ago which is like no time in the scientific community i mean god can you even that's that's very very brand new very very new um so 10 years ago as a result of years of studying interpersonal relationships and families of alcoholics like you were saying 
Codependent behavior is learned by watching and imitating other family members who display this type of behavior. So this is like, this is like a really deep-seated nurturing thing. You know, this isn't something that we're born with. It's almost like we've been conditioned to behave this way from our parents, which is kind of terrifying. But I I mean, you also kind of look at it from like a... um, a social standpoint too because I feel like a lot of codependent behaviors stem from even how like I don't and I don't want to be like oh the media the media because you know I'm part of the media <laughs> a little bit right now but at the same time like if you even looking at like something as innocent as like Disney movies you know what I yeah. mean dude <laughs> like having like you have to rescue somebody in order for them to be in a relationship with you and like needing you know it just seems so like that's not something that you want another person to be you don't want to be rescued or be the rescuer it's like okay that mentality of being a hero it seems nice but when you're going into a relationship with somebody, do you actually want to take on that kind of responsibility for another person that isn't a child? Right. You and know? I think, well, since we're talking about Disney, I, I think that the message, um, and this, I mean, this just comes up with old programming. This, this is like relationships are not like you're not missing a piece of yourself if you don't have your counterpart. And I think that's a lot of what Disney peddles with all the princess stories and finding mm-hmm. your prince. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like this long search and the movie ends when they find their partner right. and everyone we ever after. And, you know, I think that the message is like, you're not whole without yeah. another person. So yeah, we're getting it from the media in addition to being conditioned however we grow up because typically it's learned behavior um, from from children that are growing up in households where codependency is occurring on a daily basis. Yeah. Like parent to parent or parent to a sibling or parent to um, a grandparent if they're ill and there's a I mean there's a lot of different relationships where this can happen mm-hmm. and like I mean it, it can it, it can be um, based on some sort of substance abuse or it can be based on illness whether it's physical or mental mm-hmm. but yeah it's definitely a learned behavior I mean it was a learned behavior in my family for sure mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was based on alcohol dependence and um yeah and usually the person that is being conditioned to take on these characteristics is not having their own needs met yeah at the same time so it's it's coupled with this feeling of not having your needs met being out of control of the situation because when you're a child you don't have control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know how to assert control. And so therefore you're left with this, you know, uncomfortable feeling of being out of control. And I think that's where part of this need to control others stems as well. Right. 
I feel kind of bad because I really should have done a better introduction for you because you actually have an extensive background with working with children. I do. Yeah, I've um, worked with autistic children for a number of years and, um, you know, I've seen those patterns develop parents to children. I've seen siblings get caught up in, in those situations and it's challenging. I mean, it takes the effort of the whole family really to stay healthy. A lot of times therapists are involved and, you know, not just therapists for the, the children with autism, but therapists for the whole family so that they can function normally. And it's, it's very challenging. Yeah. And it's, it's how, how like, it's not a coincidence. I don't believe in any coincidences, but I think it's very interesting that that was how, you know, that's where you started. And then, you know, obviously we met in nursing school and then, you know, we became this beautiful relationship. <laughs> we did. It was, beautiful. it was beautiful. It was so gorgeous. But <laughs> full of really inappropriate YouTube videos and trying to ignore Absolutely. everybody else in class because we didn't want to talk about tests. But <laughs> yeah. However, we could survive. Oh, my. Seriously. No joke. But no, what I, I think the, the comparison I'm trying to make here is that you you started out in helping with these children and you were a, a therapist. You did their their um, behavior therapy. Is that is that's right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, in the home and in the school. And now I'm in a situation where I have an autistic child. And it's 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 like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> you make sense to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I kind of feel like you always give me these incredible nuggets of wisdom that are like completely pertinent to my situation and like oh yeah yeah (laughs) you know don't you know you do these things for me I mean it's nice it's good to have some some external voice of reason Oh God! Seen very different situations, but you know. Yeah, especially uh, when you have no idea what you're doing, and it's like I don't even know how to take care of like a normal kid, let alone like. Well, I hate saying normal. I mean neurotypical, a neurotypical kid. Neurotypical. Yeah, because she is. She's normal. She's just. She's got normal, like, and some. Like she's got some extra flavors in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you she's that's your individuality. She's spicy. She's real spicy. <laughs> okay, so I really loved uh, moving back into the codependency thing because you know I tend to get tangenty. You know I can't help yeah. myself. I can't help it. But uh, <laughs> but um, I I loved that you talked about how um, that you you kind of like absorb this other person's identity that you aren't who you are and instead of being like well I have to meet my other half and I I never realized how like damaging that statement was until I realized what codependency was and then actually being in a relatively codependent relationship and then just sort of realizing wow we don't need to behave that way towards each other because that's just like harming one another like and you're creating this cycle of harm you know because you're like well you're supposed to be doing this for me because this is what makes me happy and it's like you develop these unnecessary and damaging expectations of this other person and 
I mean, what is the the point? You know, if you're unhappy, figure out how to be happy yourself, you know? Yeah. And there's I th- a lot of anxiety that comes with that too. Yeah. Internal anxiety that comes from when the other person doesn't do what you think they should do. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, it's horribly damaging to both yourself and the other person. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, it's just a vicious cycle. And you, you learn that, I mean, once you, once you recognize that you have codependent behaviors, usually it takes an external source to make you aware of it because a lot of people are just living in their old patterns, mm-hmm. which is okay because most of us are just doing the best that we can with the knowledge and the skills that we were given yep. until we become aware and it's in that awareness where we can finally, you know, choose to make some changes uh, and do things differently. But it's, yeah, it usually takes a therapist or somebody who has done the work and, uh, you know, does daily work to come out of that pattern of codependency that can recognize that in others and hopefully, you know, help to guide them. Um, you know, I, I never, I, I will always recommend and encourage other people to seek a a professional therapist Mm -hmm. because I think codependence trying to help one another (laughs) is real redundant. And then you, you kind of get back into the codependent spiral (laughs) recognizing like, oh, this person needs help. And, and then your, your, your little codependent flare up kick in. And so is any it's good to just recognize that in another person, but then guide them to a professional therapist. Right? <laughs> because therapy works. <laughs> therapy works. You know, it's funny because I think um, I think West Coast hasn't caught up to East Coast as far as the um, the taboo factor being totally removed from therapy. Yeah. Because East Coast, like New York, therapy is like you talk about it like you're going out to dinner. Yeah. Therapy. And then I'm going to go have some dinner and then I'm going to go work out. It's like, it's just part of people's normal routine where I think out here, it still has the stigma attached to it, that it's like therapy, like it must be messed up. (laughs) And really, I I really think that it's, it's so healthy Mm -hmm. for people to do just, you know, if they're, if they struggle with any sort of, mental illness depression is so prevalent oh yeah especially after this year Mm. it's it's I mean we've we've had to deal with things that we never thought we would and it has thrown a a huge spoke in the wheel of all of our bicycles Mm -hmm. and uh yeah I think I think therapists are very secure in their jobs right now. Yeah, uh, I hope so, because damn. I hope so, too. They're definitely in in some need right now. That is for damn sure. And, you know, I, I that's it's, it's really true that it has become like the stigma, or at least there is a stigma associated with therapy. And like, uh, and, you know, there's also stigma with relationships and how one behaves in a relationship and how, you know, people need to feel like they need to find their other half, 
you know. And it's funny because, you know, when I, a lot of people are super, super interested in twin flame relationships. Oh, yeah. That's, That's very popular now. Well, yeah, because people want, and like, because human beings are social animals. We want to be with other people, even if we're like, horribly introverted and want to be alone and like enjoy feeling that time of being alone there's still that desire to have one maybe two people that you actually really enjoy being around be around oh, yeah. you know like it's not like we are not solitary creatures you know what i mean yeah. and, and we still have that deeply rooted um desire for connection with your your person yes I think that's I think that will live on in eternity I don't think we're ever going to grow out of that yeah and rightly so because it's you know it's natural to want a partner in life Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of you know I guess how you're moving forward Mm -hmm. in what manner you're moving forward because you can move forward together side by side or you can move forward completely intertwined where you don't know where you end and the next person begins and that's where it starts to become unhealthy right and codependent it's like we really have to learn how to stay in our lanes and how to fill our own cup Mm -hmm. and be complete in ourselves yes or we can be complete with another person right because that person will never fill all of your holes Yes. You have to be the one to fill those holes. Yes. I completely agree. It's like I I I so desperately want people to stop saying like I just need I I this person is making me a whole person. Like I found I I have found my other half and like that is the big thing with the twin flame relationship in the spiritual community is like everybody is lurk, looking for uh, their twin flame and the thing that the thing that I'm recognizing is that more twin flames are being are like coming to the surface if you will or at least they're they're I don't I don't really know how to describe it because it's like it's it's, more prevalent everywhere I see it all over on social media right and I'm not entirely sure like I don't want to say oh you don't have a twin flame relationship because that's a very deep-seated like that's a that's a really profound connection that you have with another with another being, and you know it's funny. I had this conversation with um, this other uh, spiritual guy on Instagram. I was just kind of listening to him because he has these like questionnaire things, and he I was saying to him, "Well, I have I have a twin flame," and I was talking about Haley, and like he's he's not he's not here on earth like he is in spirit and he didn't quite understand what I was saying you know what I mean because I don't really know if people understand that you don't have to have a twin flame in a human like physical body like on the earth you can have one in spirit and that's completely natural it's hard as hell to maintain because you don't how much easier it is yeah how much easier is it to actually go up and hug somebody and, you know, be with them and touch them and be in their energy and their present and just be in their energy and not having a container in which you can like be with them. It's like a totally different ball game. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people will find 
other people that they have a really profound connection with and call them a twin flame. And it's like, I think, I think a lot of this stems from the requirement and the need for humans to have this other counterpart. But I feel like also it's this issue in particular that's not being highlighted is this codependency issue. And it's like, you, you have to sort out how to be who you are and what makes you joyful in your life, what genuinely makes you who you are and live in it and be comfortable within your own situation what, with your career, with your hobbies, with who you are as a person and what what you do with yourself and how you are and understand that you're not perfect and, and moving forward with that with grace and I feel like a lot of people have a really hard time accepting that. Absolutely. I I would I would probably say that there's a really challenging interpretation and a huge gray area between codependency and compromise oh. in relationships. Because there's you know, there's, there's a part of compromise where if you're in a committed relationship, could be marriage, it could just be monogamous, committed, mm-hmm. where you do have to compromise. There's a lot of things you have to compromise on, right? Mm-hmm. But it's in the giving up pieces of yourself and you are the determining factor whether these pieces are too much, mm-hmm. too much for you to give up or just enough you know to be able to move forward with this person Mm -hmm. and that's where I think a lot of people struggle yeah is to say okay this relationship is taking too much of my identity and too much of my individuality and too much of my own joy and happiness Mm -hmm. and I need to step away from it as opposed to I can't live without this person I need to give up these things so that I can be with them. That's where it's, it's just a, and it's, it's your internal struggle, right? Yes. And it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like, I feel like that, I feel like there's a lot of people that could be listening to this and going, oh, damn it. (laughs) So hard because is it better to be alone and, trying to do the self-work, trying to go through um, and create your own happiness and fill your void and figure out your own stuff Mm -hmm. and, you know, really do the work on yourself. You're eventually going to have to do it anyway. I mean, there's going to come a time when people are, people are either going to be brought to their knees and they're going to have to do it. And it's, you know, it's a lot easier to take the reins yourself and, recognize when that needs to happen than have it happen when you are not ready for it but oh man it's you know it's like is it better to be alone and work on that stuff and go through the hurt or is it better to be not alone and with the wrong person oh and it's a challenge it's a huge challenge and here's the thing too is I feel like if at any point during that relationship, and it, it could it could happen regardless of your spiritual awareness or or anything like that, but I especially feel 
like when you start to kind of wake up to the fact that you have this this incredible immortal soul that has eons worth of wisdom from not only earth existence but different planes of existence the concepts of heaven and you know the many different dimensions involved and you when you start to wake up to that you start to go through this like everybody says a spiritual awakening which I've tried to like kind of like put out there that that's not a smooth transition that is like literally the most turbulent thing that you can go through and it's just like oh my god what is happening and everything's it's like getting the tower card in the tarot deck which if any of you know what that means it's just like you're in for a huge upheaval everything is changing and it's like the rug being pulled out from underneath you and you're just left going what the hell do I do now like what is going on and like there's a name for that they call it the dark night of the soul (laughs) it is so true it is so true and but you know and here's the thing like when you have a spiritual awakening and that starts coming up and this is what I mean like you can have this happen during a spiritual awakening or not but I feel like if you've been in the wrong situation for however many however long at some point it is gonna fucking change it's gonna end and it's not gonna be pretty and especially if there's resistance and that's like one of the thing I've been reading about in this book that this amazing woman told me to read I have no idea who she could be (laughs) Oh, I love that book. Yeah. And it's so good. And ask. Plug it here. Oh, I will. It's Ask and It Is Given by um, Jerry and Esther Hicks. And so, like, like we were joking about, I loved how when you immediately look at the cover of this book, you're like, oh, it's one of those like really religiousy type books because it's got like a dove flying on the cover. But then, like, you read it and you're like, oh my, oh shit, this is really. What? Yeah, it's real <laughs> biblical. Oh my god! Like this is like blowing my mind because I don't want to like. How simple are the concepts in that book? It's, that inc- it's so difficult for for us to stop and and do. Yeah, it's so. We should have another podcast just on that book. Oh my god! Yes, let's do it. And because it's funny, I did the law of attraction already, but I feel like especially with the law of one and the law of attraction, you can do. You could do an entire podcast series, like a whole thing related to law of attraction, and it'll never get boring because there are so many ways that you can implement the law of attraction into everyday life just to manifest because that is what this earth is for, is for manifestation. And that's the whole reason why a majority of beings are here is because that's the draw, is that you can manifest 100% of your thoughts and feelings into physicality in your life. But here's the drawback. You're going to come through this veil of forgetfulness and then you're going to forget everything that you were and are. <laughs> then you have to figure out that while you're here too. <laughs> Got to relearn it all over again. Oh, it's such a yeah. pain. Oh my Which God. is also part of the, you know, the dark night of the soul, I think. Yeah. It's, it's, that, it's in that becoming aware. Becoming just becoming, the yeah. becoming part that's really such a challenge and it's it's this I feel also like it's just you know allowing yourself to break apart and especially oh, yeah. with the codependency thing when you realize that you 
have been literally not yourself. I mean, Mm -hmm. codependency is you not being who you are and who you are meant to be. And then all of a sudden you start to kind of, I almost imagine like people are the caterpillar in the chrysalis. Like they just start breaking apart and all of a sudden you start seeing what this is that you're actually supposed to be. And the returning home to yourself. Yeah. And that can be so tragic because it's in the recognition of, of how long you've been gone, I guess. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's tough to deal with because, you know, and I, I mean, I can look at my own life and see growing up in my household and it was very tumultuous and, you know, lots of learned codependency, but at the same time, I recognized that my situation and my, you know, my, my father was in his addiction and I thought well I will never let that happen to me I will never be with someone that's like that clearly I can recognize the signs of you know addiction and mental abuse and but I'm telling you it's very it's not so black and white Mm-mm. nope it's not black and white and it is a slow burn oh my god it's a slow, slow burn. Yeah. And you start giving small pieces of yourself away, very small that feel like compromise. Mm-hmm. And then they grow and you're so used to it. It becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. And just like any other habit, it, it's, it just starts to feel normal mm-hmm. after a while. Yeah. And especially with a person that you love very much mm-hmm. and think that you know make commitments to them and you think well this is how relationships are supposed to be right if no one ever taught you different and like I said people are doing the best they can with the skills and and lessons that they were given and how they were brought up and what they were taught was normal and everyone's normal is different mm-hmm very different oh my god yeah and I don't think that we see that in each other I think you know, we, we like to compare people and we like to put people in boxes. And I'm not saying that that boxes don't exist for people, but yeah. individuality is still hugely present. I mean, and, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a... It's, it's difficult when you're in the situation, like I said, until you're made aware of what's happening... And then you have to go through the realization of, oh my God, I, I've been doing this for so long and I have completely lost myself. And getting through the returning home is both tragic and it's beautiful mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. All right, everybody. So that concludes part one of that codependency episode with Leah Bruget. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this first section of the discussion. And I really hope that you guys come back next week for part two of all the things that we are discussing with codependency and how you can combat codependency in your life today. 
So until then, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And I truly look forward to seeing you again next week. And until then, love and light to you all. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.